This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go! Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's Nose Home Improvement. Ah, what started over 20 weeks ago, we are now... At the last stop, it is the Super Bowl edition of kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Boomer Esiason live from the Super Bowl in Vegas. I'm live from a, a damn near tropical Detroit, Boomer, as it's over 60 degrees somehow in February. How are you, buddy? Uh, you know what? I'm doing great. It's been a long week for us here in Vegas, but uh, the weather's starting to turn. It looks like Sunday for part of our show, the Super Bowl today will be outside. The weather should be pretty nice. As we all know, Allegiant Stadium is a dome stadium, so... Uh, the stadium is going to be great. It's all lit up. The place is buzzing, Mike, without question now. And uh, as we get closer to the Super Bowl, more people come into town. And all that means for us is more traffic and aggravation. Yeah. I was going to ask you is <clears throat> set the scene because <clears throat> I, Vegas is created for events like this. They do a great job handling it. But <clears throat> Super Bowls become global. Like I mean – how hard is it to get around? I mean, it's got to be a night. It's got to be a bit of a nightmare, no? Yeah, early on, early on, the weather was terrible. Monday and Tuesday, the the weather was really bad, but now it's starting to clear up, and people are yeah. coming to town. The private jets are loading up at Harry Reid Airport, North uh, North Vegas Airport, too. I mean, there's got to be I don't know at least a thousand private jets in town, if not more. I remember the last time I was here and saw something like that. That was for Mayweather Pacquiao. And that was crazy. So you're talking about a stadium that holds about 65,000 people. Uh, the NFL, I think, is really jacked about being here because everything is basically centrally located. You don't leave the city. You could walk everywhere if you want to go to uh, go wherever you want to go. And and quite frankly, I think you know, there's got to be some thought that maybe this is the place where they always put it. But I doubt that's, that's going to be the case. I, I, I was only going to ask it in that look. I, I think... <clears throat> It's clear, you know, Vegas is making a run at being a sports city, not only with the Golden Knights, obviously the Raiders. I know the Oakland A's thing has been hit and miss. The point is, th this is not going to stop. I don't think it becomes an every year thing, but Boomer, would you be surprised if we got to a point in the next decade where Vegas was the every other year home of the Super Bowl? I would not be surprised, but really what it's going to come down to is these, these cities pay money for this. You know, the NFL, you know, is going to go out and put these Super Bowls up for bid. And and then it comes out of the public uh, coffers in order for the NFL to bring the Super Bowl. Because one thing that we have seen that I have definitely seen this year is the amount of money that's coming into this town. And that's exactly what this town wants. That's what it's built on. So, right, you know, right. listen, I think I think South Beach and Miami is a great spot. New Orleans is a great spot. 
and of course, SoFi Stadium and in Arizona. Those those four other cities were great Super Bowl hosts, and and I think this one's going to do a great job as well. All right, so Boomer, I want to I want to just go kind of rapid fire. I want to cover some things that are football, some things about your week there, because I think the listeners can get a lot out of understanding what being there actually <laughs> is and Radio Row and the chaos of it. And it's it did start for you. You guys, and it was hilarious. You booked the wrong Randy Moss. Congratulations <laughs> on booking the white Randy Moss. How the hell did that happen? You know, I'm not really sure. Our producer, Al Dukes, uh, gets an email from a PR firm, and he only reads half the email. And half There's the email problem. is, it's a broadcaster. It's a, you know, he's he's into horse racing now, which Al Dukes thought, and Randy Moss, the football player, was into <laughs> And then Gio wears, was going to wear his Randy Moss jersey uh, the next morning when Randy Moss was supposed to come in, and then we started talking about it. And then we realized that Al did not really go into the email. And then Al blamed the PR company for being fagazi and being kind of like not really telling you which Randy Moss is coming in. And then we had to cancel that. So, yes, and this all happened live on the air, which was amazing. I was. It was good audio. It was enjoyable. Let me ask you this question. Kyle Shanahan, at his media day appearance, <clears throat> was Kyle at happy hour? Because that audio was awfully sketchy now. I, I thought he was, man. I thought he was having a good time. But, you know, what was, yeah. what was interesting is about a half an hour prior to getting in front of the entire media scrum, Phil Simms had actually sat down and interviewed him for our Super Bowl Today show airing on Sunday. And Phil said he was fine. He was perfect. So somewhere between Phil and then getting out there in that media scrum, maybe he had a cocktail or two. That's what it sounded like to me. Uh, big time. Now, let me ask you this question. Big storyline this week has been the NFL and the relationship with gambling. Look, it's no secret. The league is in business just like we are with sports books. League taking in hundreds of millions. A ruling came out, and I never knew this. Owners can actually own up to 5% of a sports book, yet players can't pull a slot machine. I mean, but Boomer, how do we have this event in Las Vegas, which is the birthplace of true gambling? We're in business with sports books. Players can't mess around at all. Like, do we need to kind of update some of these rules? Or, or, well, you feel or like it's I... a little bit of a you feel like it's a little bit of a double standard because that's what it sounds like. Okay. So I know Bob Kraft okay. and Jerry Jones are both involved. I think in DraftKings. I think, <clears throat> mm -hmm. I think they're owners there. So here's the requirements for the players. The active players here now can come and they can play blackjack. They can they can do the slots. They can do all of that stuff. They just cannot go into the sports books. So they can they can enjoy all that Vegas has to offer, all that um, you know Atlantic City has to offer, or your closest gaming casino has to offer. They could do that. They just cannot go into the sports book, is what okay. I've been told. So. I'm not going to ask you how you've done at the tables, but I do want to ask, take, take us, you know, for, for the rest of us, the, the, the life of a, a true celebrity, you know, Boomer Esiason arrives in Vegas at the Super Bowl. I mean, do you just snap your fingers and get a table? It's like the scene in Goodfellas. They throw the white sheet down and the lamp and you're right there in front of the stage or, or you got to hustle for a, for a reservation like the rest of us. No, yeah, here's the key. I get any table I want because I want to eat at 4.30 in the afternoon. 
because I have to get to bed and I got to get up by 1.50 in the morning. So right. that's the, the key Walter to getting Math the table that special. you want. <laughs> exactly. So, but it, it has been great. I mean, the Wynn Hotel, which is where I have stayed pretty much the, the entire week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even have to leave the hotel. That's how great it is. And, you know, my room and all the guys' rooms here, I mean, CBS took care of us. They made it easy for us because we're not actually at Radio Row. We're at the Blue Wire Studios within uh, the the Wynn Hotel. So it has been a great week from that respect. But I have to tell you, getting up at 1.50 in the morning in Vegas to be able to do a live show from 3 to 7 here so we're hitting our marks back in the East Coast, that's been a little rough. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that's, that, that'll that get to you. Um, you floated something on your New York show, and I wanted to bring it here. And I, <clears throat> I, I was fascinated by it. I can't tell you you're <clears throat> wrong. Taylor Swift, obviously a big story with the Super Bowl. You had put out, Taylor, You it would be your belief, what, Taylor's people are saying, hey, NFL, um, <clears throat> if we're coming to town from Tokyo, we're helping you. We're raising the profile of your event. So uh, here's an invoice for the flight. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, appearance fee. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Like an appearance fee type of thing. And one of the reasons I say this is because when she first got involved with Travis and they became public and she was going to the games, if you remember, her people were asking the NFL to have their broadcast partners run a 30 to 60 second Eras Tour commercial, if you remember that. And now CBS did not buy into that. I know that NBC did. I believe ESPN did. ABC, ESPN did. And I think Fox did too. But I think we've kind of stayed away from some of that. But I do believe that her people, without question, would be asking the NFL, hey, look, you know, we're going to bring her in. Uh, We want a suite for her. We need private security for her. And she's coming from Tokyo. And this is a very expensive flight. And if you want her there and you want to show her on TV, then you're going to have to participate in limiting the amount of uh, cost there are to Taylor Swift. And we want to make this as smooth as possible. So I do not doubt for one moment that Taylor Swift's people would be holding up the NFL in a certain way, yes. Uh, I want to bring a football thing to the mix here, and it makes me feel like I can make sense of the world again. The Belichick reports, he actually, according to the reports, rejected the Atlanta <clears throat> job, that it wasn't Raheem Morris over him. Look, we were all, I think we're all surprised Belichick didn't land a job, but if he turned one down, I can somehow make more sense of it. Do you buy those reports? 100% because I've made those reports. I said that he, <laughs> he, he turned down the job and it made you know national news everywhere around. And one of the reasons why is because he wasn't going to get total control of the building. You know, when you hire a guy like Bill Belichick, this is a Hall of Fame coach, greatest coach of all time. He is just not going to go into a building and be accepting of what's going on in that building. As a matter of fact, I'm sure he sat down with Arthur Blank that first time and said, look, I'd love to coach your team, but, you know, here are the parameters that I would do it under. And these are some of the things that I think a lot of teams don't take care of internally. And therefore, that creates problems externally for whoever is coaching your team. And here are some names. And one of those names happened to be Rich McKay. Now, Rich is a good guy. I don't have anything against him. He was the CEO of the Atlanta Falcons. He's involved in a lot of league issues, especially the competition committee. And I'm sure that he and Bill Belichick had butted heads over the years over some of the things that they were discussing and that entity. So out of all of this, they decide, okay, Bill Belichick's not going to take the job. They're going to go with Raheem Morris, who they know very well. But in the meantime, Rich McKay is going to be moved away from the football side of things. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Bill Belichick definitely had an impact on Arthur Blank, but Arthur Blank wasn't comfortable 
firing other people that he believes have done a good job for the Atlanta Falcons, and therefore Bill Belichick was not going to take the job. I want to bring up Suitgate. We all lived it, enjoyed it. It was really a, a great time in our lives. <clears throat> but I, 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 you have told me privately, you have something yes. even more, uh, depending on your perspective, uh, more aggressive or egregious plan for the Super Bowl uh, from a suit standpoint, do you care to give us some foreshadowing of what we are going to indulge in on Sunday? Oh, listen, Mike, uh, the word egregious does not aptly apply here. <laughs> I think aggressive could be, yes. So I'm trying to do a suit change because it is a Vegas suit. And most of the uh, performers out here do go through costume changes within their their own performances. So Nate and I, Nate Burleson and I, are trying to figure out how we can do this. Our producer, Drew Kaliski, is totally against this. He wants us in our one suit for like eight hours. So I have a beautiful double-breasted blue tux, uh, tux, uh, tux, uh, not tux. No, oh not a God. tux. It's just uh, double-breasted, and it is a... Uh, it's just a beautiful suit. It's a beautiful suit. Right. And I want to wear it when we go inside. And then I have another outside suit that is going to be very nice. So I'm trying to do a change in the middle of all this. And I'm sure a lot of people out there will either you know, mock me for it or get a kick out of it. But I can't wait to try to do this. Uh, I wanted to ask you about this. Cause it was one of the stranger stories I've seen this week. You, you, you've seen the uh, George Toma, the sod father, the guy who's done the groundskeeping for the first 57 Super Bowls or whatever it is. He's actually out now. We all remember last year was a debacle. The surface was terrible for both players. Uh, you know, he blamed the, the, the pre-existing condition of the field. But, Boomer, do we have any issues with the, the actual field this year? Or are we going to get players on their feet versus on their ass? Well, we do know that the 49ers are not happy with their practice field. And I do no. know that Roger Goodell had to get in there and, you know, tell them, stop complaining. It meets all the requirements. We don't want to hear about anything. You don't need any more excuses. We're here to play the Super Bowl. So go practice, do your thing, and then show up on Sunday. Uh, I have not seen the field up close and personal because it was still outside when we were in Allegiant Stadium. It's one of these trade fields that comes in. I yep. will say this about uh, uh, George Toma. He was a great guy. Our Super Bowl 23 field was the worst ever, and I don't care what he says. So uh, compared to last year's field, which looked like you were playing on a super highway, our field was a quagmire. So I'm not so sure that, you know, they really know what's going on. I think they're just praying that this field turns out to be really good, and hopefully uh, for the defensive linemen in this game, it won't be like it was last year for both the Kansas City Chiefs and the Eagles, who were complaining they were slipping. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, there was a story this week, you know, there was a, a player poll done. I mean, the NFLPA says that 92% of players want grass over turf. Well, the problem is fans and owners, they want a, at least a building that's capable of being closed off and being indoors because these are now multi-platform, multi-purposed, big business buildings. And the issue, I mean, Boomer, I, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, you're a little bit older than me, but, like, we both come from the same planet where you're like, wait, we're growing grass outside and rolling it indoors like that's outer space level. And this is going to be a thing because players want the grass. I think teams want to provide players with what they want. Well, here's here's what can happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this goes. Because remember, last year, uh, just outside of Phoenix where, where the cards play, they had the college football playoff. And they did this same tray field. And it was a total debacle in, in, in one of the semifinals. Well, so I, I, I just wanted to ask. Well, I'll quickly tell you this, that not every stadium is built to be able to have a tray 
rolled in like the like Allegiant Stadium has here. And the other yeah. thing I will tell you is that J.J. Uh, Watt told me as a defensive end, an edge rusher, he liked playing on the synthetic grass because he felt quicker. He felt yeah. like he was able to get around the tackle quicker. So that's one significant player that was a defensive player of the year that is advocating for the synthetic as opposed to the grass. All right, we have got a full Super Bowl preview coming up next segment. We have some props, picks. We will have this thing covered from every angle. We've set the scene. We'll do the business next. Sit tight. It's more kickoff with Boomer Valenti coming at you. Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas. The Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos Tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we've set the scene. We've heard about Boomer's suits. We've heard about 4.30 in the afternoon dinners, talking grass. We got it all. Let's get into the game. As we sit here to tape our show, the Niners are a two-point favorite over the Chiefs. The total is 47.5. Boomer, let me just give you a general theme, and you carry it wherever you want to go, brother. To me, it's team versus the GOAT. I mean, it is the Niners who have the better roster. It is going against greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life and and, yep. and a guy that's essentially Jordan in his prime um that that's the theme to me I'm fascinated by the matchup you know you told me this last week when we did our show and I I really started to think about it and it's not like you you're right you're right on it um you know Patrick Mahomes has played brilliantly uh over his last four playoff games and that includes last year's Super Bowl against the best pass rushing team in the NFL you know last week dare I say it he managed or two weeks ago he managed the game in the second half. They got shut out by that Baltimore Raven defense. But I do think in this game, they will be able to run the ball really efficiently as the Detroit Lions did uh, two weeks ago. And then prior to them, the Green Bay Packers did uh, against the San Francisco defense. Now, a lot has been said about the lack of effort by the San Francisco defense. I, I worry about Steve Wilkes because I think out of all the coaches in this group, uh, he is the lowest, uh, I, I guess, rated coach in my eyes. I think Steve Spagnolo is right up there because he's done this before. He's done it against different yeah. types of quarterbacks. And then, of course, Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in football, and we've seen that with a number of different quarterbacks. And you talk about, you know, the most important relationship in all of professional sports in this country, Mike, is the head coach and the quarterback. And right now, I think it's an unbreakable relationship 
between one of the great coaches of our time and certainly that great quarterback. Yeah, there's a lot. What you've just said, three or four really interesting things. There's a lot to unpack here. So, so let's start with what you said first. See, I, I think it's interesting is that I don't know if either team can stop the other. When you really look at it, you're right. I mean, the Chiefs, they're going to pound the rock. I think Pacheco could be set up to have a great game. The other angle is people have to adapt to what Mahomes is now. You know, when he started his career, Boomer, I think he was 8.8 yards per pass. I mean, that, that that's a huge total. You know what he is now? He's a destroyer. He is infinitely patient. You can't sack him. He has ultimate escapability. And he is more willing than ever to take exactly what you're giving him and smile and just keep it moving. No turnover-worthy plays all playoff long. Not a single throw has been graded a turnover-worthy play. So efficiency on their end. And then San Francisco, we, we know what they're going to do. I mean, they're, they're a monolith offensively. And the Chiefs, unfortunately for Spags, <laughs> if you go zero cover here, Purdy will eat you alive. The stats back that up. So it's like, I don't know if either team stops the other. Well, I will say that the Kansas City Chiefs haven't scored a lot of points this year. It's not like a team that's averaging 31 points. Right. And remember, they won 17-10 to 10 against a Baltimore Raven offense that uh, really did not do well and actually turned the ball over three times. You know, last week or two weeks ago, I was telling you going into the AFC Championship game, that to me, the team that had the best red zone defense was going to win. Now, it turned out that Legereus Need had the one great red zone play, and that was the strip sack or the punch, uh, the peanut punch on, on Zay Flowers. So I think that's kind of the same situation here. And if both defenses play well inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line, and then it may come down to a kicker. And I will tell you right now, I will take Harrison Butker over any kicker okay. other than Justin Tucker in a situation like this. You know, Boomer, one other thing I wanted to get to as well. You brought up Steve Wilkes. And and this is one you got to give me your perspective as a quarterback. The Niners run a static defense. They don't move people around. They, they don't mix cover very often. This is Patrick Mahomes. You can't fool him anyways. But if you play this static defense and – this is what we do. I, Boomer, don't you feel like you're dead and you don't know it? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, look, uh, they're counting on their pass rushers. That's what they're counting on. And they want they want to see those guys getting up the field and putting pressure and moving him out of the pocket. Maybe that's where he becomes his most dangerous. But the one thing I will say, is, and watching the tape of both the Lions and the Packers game against this defense – I don't know what the defensive ends are thinking. I don't know how many times are they going to get blocked down on by either a tight end or a wide receiver without reacting to it. And, you know, that's something that I think that Andy Reid is definitely going to be, you know, exploiting. And the other aspect of it, when we used to play defensive ends that would come up the field as quickly as Chase Young and Nick Bosa, you try to run underneath them because there's seams there. And your guards have to get to the second level, and they got to get on Fred Warner. They got to get on Drake Greenlaw. And if you can get those guys on there, I believe that Isaiah Pacheco should be one of these guys in today's game, in Sunday's game, I should say, that should be like an odds on favorite to get an MVP. I could see him running for like 135 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, it is something. Look, I mean, the Chase Young thing, I had no problem with them taking a swing and making a big addition. It just it hasn't worked. Uh, I can't explain his effort in that game against the Lions. There were a couple of egregious plays, including the Jameer Gibbs touchdown run, where <clears throat> I, I just didn't understand what I was watching. Like, Chase, we, 
we can all see this. Like, this is the tape you're putting out to the world. Can they make a personnel move? Do you give, like, Kinlaw more run? Do you – what can you do if you're the Niners? Cause, well, I, I think what you do is you have those internal meetings, and this is one thing where the social media really does hurt the player. Now, he may be dealing with an injury that we don't know about, Mike. That's the one thing I don't know. If he's dealing with, like, a neck stinger or, like, a shoulder situation or a peck or – Something like that. That that could be one of the reasons why he's not reaching out. That does, that's one of the reasons why he's not diving on people. But I will say, internally, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and Steve Wilkes have all spoken to the team and the culture and what is expected from this team. I can't imagine that this team is going to be loafing through Super Bowl 58. Right. So maybe just talking about it and having internal discussions about it will get a much better effort from them this uh, this coming weekend. You know, it's also interesting, Boomer, too. Like, we talk about the evolution of Mahomes. You talk about how you have to you have to understand he's evolved his game. So is the Chiefs' offense. I mean, almost half the snaps, they're going to be in 13 or 12 personnel, meaning two tight ends or three tight ends. Nobody does it more. The Chiefs have double and tripled down on big people. Well, you're lining up against the San Francisco team that already is struggling, getting blocked down on and get getting the edge taken. The Chiefs are not a team you want to struggle against with that because it ain't going to be wide receivers blocking down on Chase Young. It's going to be a 250-pound tight end. I I have major concerns about the Niner defense up front. I, I really do. So this is where Andy Reid comes in and, you know, looking at tape and looking at matchups and trying to create the mismatches uh, from an offensive perspective. I, I would I would agree 100 percent with everything that you just you, you just pointed out. And this is why I do think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to have an opportunity to win the MVP here, because I do see a I see a big running game actually by both teams. And I think there's a number, I think, a 233 or something or 233 and a half combined rushing yards for both teams in this game over under that. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be over just simply because neither team is great against the run. The thing about the Chiefs is that they are great in the red zone when it comes to defense, forcing teams uh, to kick field goals. And you don't want to be kicking field goals against Patrick Mahomes because I think, as you pointed out, you know, it's not been spectacular, but it has been brilliant quarterback play. And yeah. what he's figured out is what Tom Brady figured out right around this time in his career, that not everything has to be, let's go for it all. It is now, let's take the short ones. Let, let our guys run with the ball. Let's let them make some tough plays with the ball in their hands. And I think that's one of the beauty of watching a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or any of the other quarterbacks around his class time learning the true essence of the game, and that is to play the game where they allow you to play it and then take advantage of it until you can't do that anymore and maybe you do have to become aggressive later on in the game. Now, one matchup that I think is very pro-Niners is going to be, look, you've got injuries up front for the KCO line, Joe Tooney being the headliner, <clears throat> Allegretti will get in there. Again, the Niners are static up front. You know where Hargrave's lining up. You know where Armstead is, etc. Hargrave, Allegretti. Hargrave is a disruptor. He is a pass rusher. That, that to me, if the Niners are going to get this done, Javon Hargrave is going to have to have a huge game against, no disrespect to the gentleman, but clearly a downgrade from Tooney and clearly a backup in this league. I wanted your take on that one. Or is there a bigger mismatch? 
Well, you know, he has been a backup for them for quite some years and has played in Super Bowls with them. So Allegretti had last week one of the tougher assignments against Matabuke or two weeks ago uh, of the Baltimore Ravens. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't score any points in the second half because Matabuke was definitely more evident in the second half than he was in the first half. And this is a good thing to point out for people that want to get into the weeds and defensive tackles versus offensive guards. But the one thing I will say when you talk about the three interior offensive linemen of the Chiefs, they are all big. Uh, the center is tremendous, uh, you know, Creed Humphrey. So you have three guys really working on two in there. And as long as they can give Allegretti a little bit of a hand, not to be like overplay the whole thing, because we're not talking about Aaron Donald in his prime or, you know, Quinn and Williams in his prime right now. We're talking about, you know, a player that is is good. I still don't think he's all pro level. And that's why I think you can get away with it. So let me give you two guys that I think are going to have a long night out there. I think they'll be targeted by two brilliant offensive minds with Shanahan and Reed, right? For the Niners, you know Andy Reed and Mahomes are salivating. To, and again, Niners are static. You can pick your matchup by where you line up your receivers. Ambry Thomas is going <clears> to <throat> have a long night. And for the Chiefs, if I'm Shanahan, I'm finding Leo Chanel, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, and I am going to try to rip him apart in the passing game. Agree or disagree? No, I, I agree. And uh, one thing that Coach Cower has told me this week, and you think about a lot of these Super Bowls, who's ever the most aggressive normally wins. And that means trick plays. That means isolating the weaknesses. That means uh, going right after certain players like Leo Chanel or Embry Tombris. So I, I, I'm there. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I think it's going to be a tight game, though. I really do. And I think it's going to be a well-played game. The Niners have a lot of offensive weapons. And as long as Brock Purdy, who I did interview for the Super Bowl today, is calm, cool, and collected, and the kid that I met and doesn't get balls knocked down at the line of scrimmage, because I'm sure that's going to be part of the game plan for the Chiefs because they saw the Baltimore Ravens do that to him and force him into five interceptions. There were five interceptions that game. But I will say that, you know, to me, that's a big part of the game is going to be the defensive line of the Chiefs getting their hands up and seeing if they can knock down some of these balls. You just nailed it, too. It was the last note I was going to bring up is, look, Steve Spagnuolo's awesome. Um, he's, <clears> had a real, he's had a storied career, man. You get the Super Bowls and win Super Bowls with multiple teams as a D.C., you're – you're the goods. But I don't know that he's going to be able to do what he wants to do in an ideal world. I mean, no one plays more zero cover and just blitzes people like crazy, like the Chiefs. And I don't. you can't do that against them. Confusion is what you need to do. And, Boomer, you nailed it. Purdy got spun around 17 different ways by the Ravens, by Mike McDonald. You know they're going to try the same approach. We're just going to try to confuse you. We're going to try to keep you right there in that pocket. Let's get our hands up. I, I can't wait to see what they do because if you blitz Purdy, the numbers are what they are. He destroys zero cover. So with that, give me the pick. Give me the total. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. I think a high-scoring game, 30-27. to 27. People will laugh at me because the Chiefs don't score a lot of points. But I think in this game, as they start to isolate all the different weaknesses that are in the secondary of the 49ers, this is going to be a lot of big plays in this game. I completely agree with you. No one should laugh. Just just because a team isn't a high-scoring team in general, that, that doesn't matter. It's about the matchup. I'm with you. I like the over 47.5. I don't have nearly as strong an opinion on the game, 
I just think it's very interesting. Majority of tickets and money are on the Chiefs, and that number is moving. You know, it's moved to two. I talked to a few people. You may see two and a halfs out there. I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time with it. So I can't quickly, go let me ask you this. Let me ask yeah, you this buddy. real quickly. Hey, the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs are underdogs. That's that's happened the last two weeks. That's why I picked them. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, why are they underdogs? That's what scares me. Because I honestly, Boomer, as someone I talked to, was because you're betting against a better team. It's <clears> team versus the goat. Um, I'll go Niners just for fun for the sake of the show, but I don't have a huge opinion on the game. I love the total, love the over, and we love Casamigos. Rock and roll. Tell them about it. All righty, so what goes great with football? That's Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and love it. Make sure you have plenty on hand for the big game, whether it be on Yeho, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. Casamigos Tequila reminds all of our friends out there to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, final segment of the season. Uh, and the Super Bowl, obviously, the the talk of it, our picks, very simple. Boomer and I both love the over. Uh, also, look, light pick for the Niners for me. I, I'm with Boomer, though. It's very hard to go against Mahomes as a dog. Boomer, you ready for the final word in all things Super Bowl? I am ready. Bring it on. Let's do it. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. So what I've done here, we've got some questions, and then we're going to have some fun with props, awards, different things, just all things Super Bowl. And Boomer, I do want to start with one. Um, If the Chiefs win... Do you think there's any chance Andy Reid steps away and goes out on top? Mike, did I ever tell you that? What? I I never said that, right? No. So, therefore, it can't be true. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Listen, you're you're batting about 90% on the breaking news stuff this year. I just – I wondered, you know, the ability to – this is a dynasty if they win a third in five years. And hey, look, you have look, the chance to go out on top. Right. No, no. You have you have the greatest quarterback of his generation. We are legitimately right in the middle of a dynasty, the Mahomes era. The only way that I would see Andy Reid even contemplate retiring if there was something physically wrong with him. That's a whole set of circumstances that, you know, I would not know about. If he did that because of some other ailment, I could understand that. But if things are the way they are and he's healthy, he ain't going anywhere. All right, so let's talk what's on the line for both quarterbacks. And obviously, immortality, winning a Super Bowl, et cetera. <clears throat> Look, for Mahomes, it's true dynasty. If you win three Super Bowls in five years, you're the modern dynasty. But also, I wanted to know your opinion. Would you, if he wins this, if he does this, and drags this team across the finish line, are, are you willing to put him, even though he hasn't won as many Super Bowls, are you willing to put him above Brady as the greatest quarterback you've ever seen? I got to see longevity. You know, okay. longevity, winning a Super Bowl with two different teams, uh, playing in nine Super Bowls. I mean, you know, listen, Tom Brady to me is in the stratosphere. Uh, I would say that Patrick Mahomes is in the penthouse right now with Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw. So he's still got a ways to go or right in the middle of his prime. But I could tell you right now, he's clearly the best quarterback 
playing in today's NFL. So I think there is a there's an arc here that if he is committed to his craft as much as Tom Brady was committed to his craft, then yes, he will definitely be right there with Tom Brady. All right, so for Purdy, obviously, it's changing the narrative, right? It's breaking the mold of Mr. Irrelevant and a game manager to to stardom, to true stardom, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. What I mean, at what point is Purdy going to come knocking and go, hey, by the way, I hope you've enjoyed the free ride. Um, I'd like to be paid now. Don't you think a lot of that contract's on the line winning this game? You know, if he loses this game to the other quarterback – what I see for him in the future is like a morning radio show in San Francisco and then kick off with Mike Valeni. Perfect. Done. So this, this is like <laughs> this is a big moment for this young man. And, and to be honest, I spoke to him, uh, interviewed him for the Super Bowl today, and he is real. I mean, it's so easy to root for this kid. He is down to earth. He's real. Um, he's very calm. Uh, I thought the poise in the interview and the answers – or spot on, and then I did ask him at the end of the interview, um, at the end of uh, Super Bowl 58, the 49ers will be, and I was waiting to see how he was going to answer it. He thought about it for about two seconds, looked up, and looked me right in the eye and said, champions. So he's got the confidence, man. I love this kid. I just think he's going up against a very, very big obstacle in Patrick Mahomes. No, it's interesting, Boomers, you know, we talk about the Chiefs, and we've accepted they are a dynasty. They're a machine. You know, they're back here every year. <clears throat> People forget, man, that, what was it, four years in between the Niners being back in this Super Bowl, and they have gone all in every year. I, I start to wonder, Boomer, if they get back to this Super Bowl and they lose, is this iteration of this team and franchise done? Meaning there, there would be a lot of new faces. There would be a lot of huge changes, and depending on how the game goes – a lot of uncomfortable conversations. I mean, it, it, there's a ton on the line for the Niners. Agree? Yes, and I, I think for Steve Wilkes in particular, the defensive coordinator, I mean, if they get run out of the building, there's going to be a lot of questions about his longevity there. The other thing I would say about this team right now is they don't have to pay Brock Purdy. They will. They'll give him a raise, and, and I think that Kyle Shanahan has intimated that Brock Purdy is his long-term future at quarterback. The, one of the reasons they talked to Tom Brady in the offseason was because everybody forgets that Brock Purdy was coming off of a UCL Tommy John surgery at the behest of the Philadelphia Eagles in last year's NFC Championship game, and they didn't know whether or not he was going to come back. Not only has he come back, he has basically fractured any sort of uh, expectations that we had for him. I mean, he is he's exploded onto the scene, so I... I think they keep it going with him, certainly, uh, but there will be some hard decisions being made because they can't pay everybody. No, I mean I, I mean Brandon Ayuk being one. Um, yes. All right, MVP. I know you picked the Chiefs, which means it would take a lot for Pacheco to get the MVP over Mahomes. But who is your non-quarterback MVP selection if it goes that way? Well, to me, it is Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs if the Chiefs win. And I think he he gains 125 to 130 yards and two touchdowns. And maybe Patrick Mahomes plays the Patrick Mahomes type of, types of games that he has been playing in the playoffs. Now, last year, he was spectacular against the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the spectacular game has not been seen in this playoff run. It's just been a really good, solid, nuanced, brilliant type of playing that he is that he is doing. So... I, I, to me, it's Isaiah Pacheco because they are a more running team, and if it's not him, then it's got to be Travis Kelsey 
with Taylor Swift in, in the building, the Super Bowl, the emotion that we saw from Travis two weeks ago against Baltimore, I think carries over into this game, which means that he has a very good chance of being the MVP as well. Yeah, I got a couple of props for you. We'll get to those in a minute. I, I thought an interesting long shot because of the passing game. Look, if Christian McCaffrey can catch a screen pass and take it to the house, you know what you're going to get on the ground with him. Christian McCaffrey truly is one of the best athletes I've ever seen play that position, plus 450 for him to win the MVP. Just something interesting if the Niners were able to get this going and win this damn thing. Who's an unsung hero? Guy no one's talking about that Boomer Sison believes is going to have a big Super Bowl. How about, how about if Fred Warner causes a few fumbles? Because there's going to be a lot of collisions at that second level with the running game and the Chiefs. So yeah. maybe he has a couple forced fumbles if, in fact, he can do that. Maybe he has 12 tackles. Maybe he has a couple pass defenses. And maybe he even picks a ball off. So from a defensive perspective, I could see Fred Warner, the leader of the defense of the 49ers, having a huge game just simply because of the position he plays and what I think the Chiefs are going to try to do offensively. So let's have some fun. I got I got a, a couple of crazy props, and you tell me what you think. So head-to-head is something you can bet in the Super Bowl, meaning it's like a golf tournament. It's Patrick Mahomes as a lay-in 15-and-a-half yards to Brock Purdy. Head-to-head passing yards. I'll take Brock Purdy in passing yards. Okay. Total passing yards in the Super Bowl set over-under. 501 and a half passing yards. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under I, there. Yes. I leaned under, too, because don't you imagine both teams able to run the ball? It would lead you to this. And you, you foreshadowed it earlier. Total rushing yards combined for the two teams over under 233 and a half. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say yeah, both teams yeah. are going to run. You're, you're talking about like 120 yards a piece mm-hmm. running the ball. Now, you know, the interesting thing is because they do this little pooch pass in the San Francisco and Kansas City offenses, and those are considered completed passes, which really drives me crazy. But I know um, I could also see a few reverses with Debo Samuel. Can't you see that? Yes. And I'd imagine no one needed the break of the two weeks between the Super Bowl versus the one like Debo did. And he was fine. He was good against the Lions. But it lacks some of that electricity and some of that pop. You could tell he was playing through pain. I imagine the two weeks, and they probably put him in a hyperbaric chamber, uh, he'll he'll come out firing in this game. Yep. So you, you brought up Harrison Bucker and the kickers. So I put a few of these on here. Total kicking points between... Bucker and Jake Moody. And you got to remember, obviously, touchdowns, you only get one point. The field goals are to three. Bucker versus Moody, and it's dead even. Who's got more kicking points? Well, I think it's red zone defense, and I'm going to lead on Steve Spagnolo to keep the 49er offense out of the end zone. So I think Moody is going to have – he should have more points. But that doesn't mean he's going to have the most important points. I think exactly. Bucker has the most important points. I'm I'm with you though, and this is just something from the time I was young watching football. With my dad, field goals get you beat. You want a field goal to tie the game or win the game? That's the only time I want to see the damn kicker. Field goals will get you beat, and I think in especially, a game like especially this, when you're down 14, when you should be up 17 with an attempted field goal. If you're the Lions, oh sorry boy, about that. Yeah, that's no, don't be sorry to me. <laughs> I've tried to explain to people. It just, I tell you, man, it is it. 
the Dan Campbell thing, it, it has <clears> mesmerized <throat> people here. Um, how about this one? Over, under on the total number of sacks in this game. We've got some great pass rushers. We've got some great blitzing. Over, under, between the two teams, four and a half sacks. Oh, God. I haven't even thought <laughs> about this. I know. That's uh, I'm going to say, oh, God. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I haven't even really thought about this. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say under, under because your, your of guy the money. Mahomes never takes sacks. I well, he took he a couple last him. week. Took a couple last week, so I'm going to say under. Okay. Now, this is the number one prop in Vegas. Over, under. I, I swear to you, this is the, the, the most popular prop. <laughs> okay. Kyle Juszczyk, rushing yards, over, under, three and a half. Oh, Juszczyk, over, and under, run. I'm not making that up. Oh, my I God. I talked to one of my guys in Vegas yesterday. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll be rooting for this right out of the gate. I'm going to go you over. You need it. That a baby. Over. You give us one fullback belly for four yards. Come on now. Heads hey, or four, tails. Fourth, opening. And fourth, fourth and two, and he runs for five. Okay, here. This is another great one. All yes. right, ready? Yes. Over under on the on the shortest the shortest touchdown is one and a half. Is someone gonna score from the one yard line in this game? Yes. Yes. Yeah, is it? It's you feel it. You know it's going to happen. It, it, right. I feel like it's happened a lot in the last few Super Bowls too, hasn't it? It has. You mentioned Kelsey. You think he's going to have a big game? Anytime touchdown, even money, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Opening coin toss. Heads or tails? I'm a heads guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me offer you this, and it's interesting. The Niners are plus two hundred to score a TD on the opening drive. They have done so 10 times this season, which is three more than any other team in football, and they haven't done it yet this playoffs. Niners plus 200 to score a TD on the opening drive. Um, I'm going to say no. I mean, it is a young quarterback okay. in his first Super Bowl. I'll say no. Well, listen, I, we have run the gamut. We, we've said it all. We've done it all. Another <clears throat> season in the books, the Super Bowl in the books. <clears throat> Boomer, tremendous job by you. Appreciate it. I know, I know you've been up since, like, midnight. Uh, <laughs> tremendous by you. Scones, appreciate it. Eddie Scazzeri. Guys, another season in the books. We'll be back for season three. Hopefully we bring you some off-season shows, but that's uh, TBA. Boomer and I got to work on that. For Boomer Size and I'm Mike Valeni. Appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.